different match day, same old story as the goals flowed around Europe once again. In Madrid, the champions were given a real run for their money by an ambitious Spurs side. Crossing opportunity for Aurier, and Harry Kane gets a touch, and Harry Kane has given Tottenham the lead. Still, Ronaldo looks over to the referee. Now he gets the signal, he steps up right-footed and scores. It is Real Madrid 1, Tottenham Hotspur 1. And as expected, it was just as entertaining in Manchester as City edged out Napoli. And here's De Bruyne into the box. A low ball and it's 2-0! Gabriel Jesus was there. And Kevin De Bruyne setting up yet another goal for Manchester City. Elsewhere, there were wins for Liverpool, Spartak, Leipzig, Shakhtar and Besiktas, while Apoel held Dortmund in Cyprus. We'll bring you all the analysis and reaction to the night's matches. Plus, we'll preview Wednesday's key matches, including Chelsea-Roma and Manchester United's trip to Benfica. So stay with us right here on UEFA Champions League Match Day Live. Welcome to the show, I'm Rob Daly and alongside me this evening is European football expert Andy Brassel. 31 goals in our eight matches, not bad entertainment at all, Andy. Well, Wednesday has something to live up to, <laughs> I, I think it's fair to say. And uh, You know, it's not just about the goals, it's about the quality of play and uh, a top match, Real Madrid versus Tottenham, um, I, I think was a, a big indicator of the level that we got this evening two I thought really evenly matched teams which is a huge compliment to Tottenham after what Real Madrid have done in the UEFA Champions League over the last couple of years and a couple of shocks as well as we'll be finding out okay let's run through all of Tuesday's match day three results in Group E Maribor nil Liverpool seven Spartak five Sevilla one Group F Feyenoord one Shakhtar Donetsk Two, Manchester City 2, Napoli 1. In Group G, Leipzig 3, Porto 2, Monaco 1, Besiktas 2, and in Group H, Real Madrid 1, Tottenham 1, Apoel 1, Borussia Dortmund 1. Let's start a review of Tuesday night's action with that pulsating affair at the Bernabeu. Adam Summerton describes the action. Winks gets on the ball here inside the Real Madrid half. They look to work it down the right-hand side. Crossing opportunity for Aurier, and Harry Kane gets a touch! And Harry Kane has given Tottenham the lead! Great ball in from the right, and Kane was there to do what he does best. Scores goals, and he does it with great regularity, and it's Real Madrid nil, Tottenham Hotspur 1. Isco plays it into a central area here for Modric. Modric to Benzema, lovely play, and Kroos inside the area goes down. Is that a penalty? It's been given. Still, Ronaldo looks over to the referee. Now he gets the signal. He steps up right-footed and scores. He placed it to the goalkeeper's left-hand side. Hugo Lloris went to his right. And Cristiano Ronaldo puts Real Madrid on level terms at the Bernabeu. It is Real Madrid 1, Tottenham Hotspur 1. Uh, brilliant game. Uh, probably a fair result in the end. Uh, Real Madrid... Uh, playing out that 1-1 draw with Spurs. Adam Summerton, uh, our commentator for that one, uh, joins us now. Adam, we've had a bit of time since full-time. How do you reflect on what we saw at the Bernabeu tonight? I just think that Tottenham will, will come away from it and, and really have grown as, as a side, as a collective. 
uh, and feel that they can really mix it now with, with the top clubs in Europe because as Pochettino said before this game and I and personally I agree with him they were playing the, the best team in, in not just in Europe but in the world um, tonight and they've 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 come away with a point, and it could easily have been all three. You know, people will point to the fact that Lloris has pulled off at least one world-class save, but then Navas pulled off uh, two very good stops at the other end. So I think that Tottenham will, will come away feeling really pleased with themselves tonight. Uh, well, let's get some reaction from the camp. Two key players tonight at either end of the field, Hugo Lloris and Harry Kane. Of course, they're going to have chances. It's going to be a tough game, uh, but I thought we played well. We made it tough for them. This man pulling off some unbelievable saves and uh, yeah, a point at the Bernabeu, you take that every day of the week. It shows how far we've come as a team, uh, so now it puts us in a, a great position in the group. To play here in Bernabeu uh, was a fantastic feeling and uh, I think we were better in the first half, second half. They pushed until the end, and, uh, but we had some good chances to, to, to score, but listen, uh, at this level it's a great feeling you know, to get a, a good draw. Hugo Lloris and Harry Kane there, I'm sure you can work out which one was which. Uh, Andy Brassel, uh, brilliant performance uh, from both players. And, and Lloris, uh, both goalkeepers, in fact, will be a major talking point from the game at the Bernabeu. Yeah, it really was. I think Adam Summerton hit the nail on the head when he was saying Keller Navas is so ridiculously underrated. Not inside Real Madrid, I might add. And uh, Florentino Perez, the president, is is always been clear that he's been a very big fan of uh, Navas. And as Tottenham came more into the game later on, I mean, he, he made some vital saves, especially that one from Kane, which looked like a miss from Kane. Uh, at the beginning when, when we saw it we should have known better Kane doesn't miss from that sort of <laughs> position as Fernando Llorente said in Marca today when Kane gets it it goes in um, so he, he couldn't believe it and it was it was that sort of save but yeah, a couple of absolutely superb stops from Hugo Lloris as well and you know he's I think uh, key to the, the the planning that Tottenham have, have done over the last couple of years which predates Mauricio Pochettino of course he makes a huge difference to to Tottenham but Lloris was a step forward in in terms of ambition a major signing that's really one of the things that's pulled Tottenham up as well as their excellent young English players a player I want to focus on very briefly as well Cristiano Ronaldo again Adam he did score the penalty before halftime wonderful penalty uh, from him uh, he he continually look at the player who might make something happen for them in that second half. Yeah, he did. Uh, I think it was in the final third, it was a pretty frustrating night all round for, for Real Madrid, really. And some of the service from the flanks, I noticed, coming into Ronaldo, I can think it's at least two or three occasions where he'd taken up good positions in the box and just the service into him was either over his head or just to the wrong side of him. So, yeah, it, it, it wasn't... Look, I, th I, think, I don't think it was Real Madrid's greatest night. They can play much better than they did. But I would like to think that you could give credit to Tottenham that they necessarily didn't allow Real Madrid to get anywhere near the best. And Carver Hallis, you know, people can point to the fact that maybe uh, he is, is a miss for Real Madrid. But um, as the developing team, the team that maybe haven't got quite the same reputation as Real Madrid, I think really we should focus on the positive of Tottenham tonight, perhaps, and say, you know, well done, because that they can really come away from that stadium tonight with their heads held high. And it, will, it won't just give them confidence in this competition, I think in the Premier League as well. You know, it will give them confidence that they can maybe go on and, and challenge there. Because if you can get a if you can get a result at the Bernabeu, you can get a result anywhere. And you touched Adam before on Pochettino's planning. Now it was quite a bold team selection, mm. especially yeah, for it. such a big game. With going with 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 two up front with Llorente to help Harry Kane, which I think worked very well, and it almost turned into the perfect combination. That yeah. Navas save was off yeah. a brilliant pass from Llorente to to seeing Harry Kane. But I thought that Musa Sissoko actually deserved a a lot of. Credit 
credit. He's, he's not always been the most popular player with Tottenham supporters since he's arrived and his form's been inconsistent but you know what you'll get with him you'll get a lot of athleticism down that right hand side and especially allowing Serge Aurier to do his best having that bit of cover helps I'd say Rob as well the thing you know, I had noticed with Pochettino's players is they look comfortable that's a word that I would use, and that they, they all seem to know exactly what he wants from them. And and Andy's absolutely right. I mean, Sissoko would not have been necessarily a popular pick with a lot of Tottenham fans. Um, but he's come in, he's done a job. He clearly had a, a clear, defined role that he was meant to do. Him and Aurier, particularly, I thought, in the first half, provided excellent cover down that left, and it really neutralised the threat of Marcelo. So, again, as Andy says, it's all about the, the tactics and the know-how of Pochettino, really. And Apoel held Dortmund to a draw tonight. Uh, in mm. Cyprus and yeah. on the brand new pitch the DSP Stadium Puerto putting Apple in front Socrates levelling overall this is good news for the two teams who yeah. played in Spain well yeah it, it is and it's terrible news for Dortmund because for them to qualify now is going to be a, a really tall order and I think that's surprising really um, when you look at their squad you look what they're capable of but they just haven't quite done it yet in, in this competition yeah. this is, is it too late for them already we'll, we'll find out are you, are you surprised Andy that, that Peter Bosch hasn't found a real way to get his team playing one point from three games um not hugely if, if i'm completely honest i think when jürgen klopp um who is i think worthy of comparison to to peter bosch it is a return really for dortmund to that sort of blood and thunder heavy metal football as uh, klopp himself described it he took a while to balance domestic success and European success. And they had a few failures in the UEFA Champions League before they got to that glorious 2012-2013 season and they found it hard to maintain the tempo in um, in, in the Bundesliga that season. Yeah. So I, I think if they're going to do well in the Bundesliga this season, maybe that's at the sacrifice of, of UEFA Champions League. And they are still calibrating their, their defence, as, as, as showed again tonight. Yeah, definitely. Apoel won. Uh, Dortmund won, so Real Madrid and Spurs both on seven points. Dortmund and Apoel both on one. Uh, let's go to Group F now. A reminder, by the way, sorry, that on Wednesday, the 1st of November, Spurs against Real Madrid is going to be our feature match again. Uh, that one a sellout, Andy, as well, at Wembley. It is. OK, uh, our second feature match uh, on Tuesday saw the leaders of the English Premier League, Manchester City, take on Italy's Serie A leaders, Napoli. This one was watched by Richard Connolly. Walker plays it inside, sets off on a run down the middle. Fernandinho sweeps the ball out to Zane on the left-hand side. Zane's ball to Silva. Silva pulls it back. Kyle Walker's in there. Blocked and Sterling scores. And here's De Bruyne into the box. A low ball and it's 2-0. Gabriel Jesus was there. And Kevin De Bruyne setting up yet another goal for Manchester City. A beautifully judged low ball across the edge of the goal area. And there was Gabriel Jesus to side-foot it home. Here comes the corner towards the near post. Uh, Insigne gets to it, lays it back to Zielinski. There's the cross, and they're appealing for a penalty in there. And they've got one. So Napoli's first attempt on goal. Dries Mertens is going to take it from 11 metres. The penalty, Dries Mertens will take, and Edison saves with the feet, and Mertens can't get to the rebound. It's hacked away by Fernandinho, so Manchester City's 2-0 lead remains intact. Hamshik lays it back to Goulam, collects it on the run, he's running into the box, he's dribbling, he goes down, and it's a penalty. It's their second of the game. 
This time, it is the 20-year-old Amadou Diawara who's going to get a chance to pull Napoli within one here. City fans waving their scarves behind the goal. Diawara slots it in beautifully. And Napoli are alive in this game. Napoli have a goal. It's 2-1. Well, they pushed, but Guardiola shut up shop a little bit, brought on Danilo uh, for Jesus, and City managed to hold on for the win. We'll speak to Richard Connolly in a moment. First, let's hear from uh, City defender and uh, England international John Stones. We knew they had, you know, great patient football, uh, a lot of one-touch passing, setting the ball, you know, great attacking threat, and you know they've they've, they've played a lot of good teams in, in the Champions League and, and, and won. We knew it was going to be a tough test. Them, they're coming here today. And um, I think we wanted to, to play our game, and I thought some of the football that we played out from the back, right the way through to the to the guys up top, was um, you know at times it was great to watch for for me personally. Upset to concede the the goal that we did. Um, I thought it was a bit soft, but I think uh, overall a great team performance. Uh, John Stones there. We will hear from Pep Guardiola in a moment. But first, Richard Conley, I want your opinion on uh, the game in Manchester um, City. Did they deserve their victory? Yes, certainly. I mean, they, they deserve it really on the balance of the first half an hour's play in which they were absolutely scintillating. It could have been 4-0 at that point. You certainly felt it might be 4 or 5-0 by the end. But the way the momentum of the game changed, it ended with City trying to waste time by playing the ball, keeping it by the corner flag. That was the extent to which Napoli had managed to get back into it and Stones and City as you rightly say were holding on a little bit and the substitutions that Guardiola made did reflect that. I want to add at this point Stones was magnificent I mean he talked about the way they played the ball out from the back he was a vital part of that actually so too was the goalkeeper Edison I thought they were both terrific and Edison saving that penalty and Stones at one point made an unbelievable block when Napoli had actually caught City out with the press high up the field and Merton set up Hamzik and in doing so had taken the goalkeeper out of the game so Stones flew out to make the block I mean he was the only thing between Hamzik and the whole goal so it was an absolutely vital piece of defending as good as a goal really for Manchester City Stones completed 94% of his passes and a lot of those passes even though they're of course they're coming from the back he was under pressure I mean talk about calmness at the top level when faced by a terrific pressing team he was outstanding tonight and Richard Napoli from their perspective are in a, a little bit of a spot now aren't they because of that first uh, match they lost to Shakhtar and the fact that Shakhtar have, have gone and won a, a, a Feyenoord and you would expect them perhaps to follow that on, up on match day four at Kharkiv but it does set it up for match day four for Napoli as well they showed enough certainly in the second half of the game tonight to give some hope to their fans and as we know the San Paolo in the Champions League well that's going to be a heck of an atmosphere for Manchester City to face. Yeah it really will be I mean City in the English Premier League have got the same kind of stats in terms of possession and dominating the game away from home as they have at home but I'd be very surprised if they were able to impose their game on Napoli in the away match. I mean as you say I think Napoli have to get something from that game now uh, because the nightmare scenario from them is, is, is another defeat and another victory for Shakhtar at home to Feyenoord on match day four, at which point they could find themselves, they would find themselves, six points adrift of the top two with two games remaining, and then really they're right on the tightrope. So I think getting something from City in the next match is absolutely imperative, but I certainly think, given what happened in the last hour of the match today, they will feel that it is highly possible. OK, let's hear from Manchester City boss Pep Guardiola. 
Uh, it was tough. We made a very good half, especially the first 30 minutes. And after that, Napoli take more the ball. Our high pressing was more complicated. But um, we are so happy. We are so happy the way we played. We are not a team with uh, a lot of history in Europe. So that's why I do that game, what uh, we have done. I'm so, so proud of my players. A good week for Pep Guardiola after the 7-2 weekend when it's against Stoke as well. Uh, so tonight, Shakhtar Donetsk came from behind to win at Feyenoord. They fell behind to a Berghaus goal. Two goals for Bernard for Shakhtar. Turned that around one in either half. And uh, Feyenoord were their chances, uh, as you mentioned it ahead of the show, Richard, of even the UEFA Europa League spot. Uh, taking a bit of a hit here. Yeah, I mean, I think I think from the very outset, third place in Group F for Feyenoord would have been a success um, in terms of the club, given the, the, the competition with, with Manchester City and, and Napoli and Shakhtar in there, but also given what Dutch football requires from them at the moment, i.e. winning some games, acquiring some points, doing something for the coefficient. Um, now, I think with two home defeats, um, and the away defeat in Naples. I mean, I think their chance of, of, of reaching third spot is, is all but gone. Um, they'd gone back-to-back -back, uh, home games in the league without scoring coming in, so they weren't confident. Um, one or two players back from injury, but a, a dispiriting defeat. Uh, certainly. Thanks, Richard. We'll get your man of the match as well from the City-Napoli game shortly. Group F looks like this. Man City top with nine points. Shakhtar have six. Uh, Napoli have three. And Feyenoord are yet to get off the mark. And Napoli against Manchester City on November the 1st uh, will be one of our featured games as well. Uh, Andy Brassel's with me still. Let's go to Group E now. Uh, Andy, we had 13 goals, I think, in this group. Just doing some quick maths there. Maribor nil, Liverpool 7. Uh, quick one on them. Two goals for Salah, two for Firmino, one for Coutinho um, and uh, Trent Alexander-Arnold and Oxlade-Chamberlain. Um, a big win for Liverpool. Their biggest ever away from home in Europe. Actually, let's hear from Jurgen Klopp, the Liverpool manager now. I know it's the most difficult thing to see good things when the results are not you know, like you want to have them. But we, so far, we were always cool enough to see the good things. And um, we, all, we, have, we have just to, to carry on um, and we have to improve things for sure. But um, we, are, we have still a lot of things, um, already a lot of things we are really working well. And um, yeah, consistency, bring it on the pitch, bring it on the pitch, bring it on the things. Life will change for you. If you wait for something that somebody helps you, never, nothing will change in life. So in football, you have to, it's like life. You have to sort your own problems when you do that. Then you can build on your basis and our basis is still good. And um, so I'm, I'm fine with this. He's always got some wisdom for us. Jurgen Klopp, the Liverpool uh, manager. Uh, important result for them tonight, Andy, you sense? Really important because they should have had six points from the first two games, just two. So it's absolutely vital that they get six points from these and very decisive and exactly what he wanted from his front three. Yeah, first goal as well uh, for Liverpool for Alexander Oxlade-Chamberlain after his big money move from Arsenal. But more notable, you could argue, is Spartak beating Sevilla. Remember Definitely Sevilla more drew, notable. Sevilla drew at Liverpool. I got that win, comfortable win against Maribor last time out. 5-1 loss in Moscow. What happened? What happened here? The, the result doesn't really tell the story. Um, Sevilla got back into it with uh, Simon Kier's equaliser. A 1-1 at half-time and they had some really good chances. Um, but some important goalkeeping and um, some good chances for, for Vissan Bignetta. Had one saved and one cleared off the line. And then, once Spartak got back in front through Lorenzo Melgarejo, um, they got the chance to play on the counter-attack and they, they really made the most of that in a terrific atmosphere. Uh, brilliant win for them. Both Liverpool and Spartak are now top of the group, both on five uh, points as things stand. And finally now, Group G, Leipzig got their first ever European win. They beat Porto 3-2. Besiktas won at Monaco. Last season semi-finalists 
2-1. Andy, this group uh, brilliantly shaping up now for Besiktas in particular. Yes, and I think it shows how useful the UEFA Europa League is as a bridge towards the UEFA Champions League. Of course, Besiktas, very, very ambitious club in European terms. And three out of three now. Um, they've played all these games brilliantly. Two fantastic away performances. The most difficult games in the group away at Monaco and away at Porto. They've got six points from both of them and so many attacking weapons for them they're, they're within touching distance now uh, they certainly are Besiktas top of that group with nine points to their name Leipzig second with four Porto three Monaco one and of course the fixtures are reversed for match day four uh, coming up next on the show we're going to preview Wednesday night's matches European football is more diverse and multicultural than ever our competitions and grassroots projects feature players and fans from all backgrounds. And for UEFA, it's important to communicate that football is for all. Respect is a social responsibility initiative launched in 2008. For the last four years, this initiative has featured the message, no to racism. UEFA is now evolving and expanding this message in an effort to promote inclusion, diversity and accessibility across not only ethnicity but also gender, age, sexual orientation, all abilities and social backgrounds. The new campaign gives all football lovers in Europe a voice to share what football means to them. The new Respect campaign is called Equal Game because everyone is entitled to enjoy football, no matter who you are, where you're from, or how you play. On the pitch, we're all the same. This is UEFA Champions League Match Day Live with me, Rob Daly. Let's concentrate now on Wednesday's action. Our main feature match sees Antonio Conte's Chelsea take on Roma at Stamford Bridge. Let's get the Italian's thoughts on his fellow countrymen. To play tomorrow is very important. But uh, you know very well the Champions League is uh, a really uh, tough tournament and uh, we must pay great attention because Rome is, uh, is a great team. They are doing very well in the, in the league, in the Italian league. And uh, in the previous games, they, uh, they drew against Atletico Madrid and then they won against Karabakh. We must pay great attention. Uh, they are well organized and uh, they have uh, a lot of good players. Antonio Conte there, Chelsea come into this one after the weekend loss to Crystal Palace. Let's speak to our commentator uh, for the game at Stamford Bridge, Steve Wyeth, who joins us now. Steve, thanks for uh, coming on the show. How big an impact do you think that loss to, to Palace of the weekend will have on, on Chelsea ahead of this game? I think the, uh, the Champions League has become even more important uh, over the course of the last week or so to, to both Chelsea and Roma. Uh, both of them are nine points off the pace domestically and both of them came into the season with very real ambitions of winning their respective titles. I think the, the way that things are different is that Chelsea will be wounded by what happened at Crystal Palace, back-to-back defeats in the Premier League. Whereas I just get a sense from seeing quite a bit of Roma this season that although there's an awful lot to admire about them, that they've just come up short in two big games against Napoli and Inter, uh, two of their rivals for the title in Italy. So perhaps the response from Chelsea will be the more positive one. Steve, I do wonder if there's a little less pressure on Roma because there was a great summer of change for them. They're still coming together and finding an identity under Eusebio Di Francesco. And also the fact that when we go back to Chelsea's brilliant performance uh, on match day two against Atletico 
de Madrid, it seems to have taken a lot out of Chelsea. Yeah, the, the, uh, the interesting thing with Roma is that what they did over the course of the summer, Andy, is that, that they, they focused on strengthening the depth of their squad. Arguably, their best eleven is weaker than it was last season. But they've worked really hard at being able to compete domestically and in Europe. So games away to Chelsea really are the, the, the acid test of that approach to giving Eusebio Di Francesco a squad capable of playing three games in the space of, of eight days. Uh, Chelsea, you just feel as though what we saw from them in Madrid is the demonstration of a club that, having won the Premier League last season, has got to build on that and, and try and go deep into the UEFA Champions League this season. So I agree with you to the extent where the pressure is a little bit off Roma in the context of tomorrow night's game. But in the context of, of going a long way into the UEFA Champions League this season, I wonder whether that pressure is more with Chelsea. Uh, Steve, thank you very much for joining us on the show. Steve Wyeth will be our commentator for Chelsea against Roma on Match Day Live on Wednesday night. Uh, the other game in that group is Carabag against Atletico in Baku. And that game actually kicks off at 5 o'clock UK time, 6 o'clock Central European time in the evening as well as Carabag look for their first point, having lost... Uh, in the competition so far. Our second feature match on Wednesday sees Manchester United travel to Portugal to take on Benfica. Here are the thoughts of United fullback Ashley Young. We're expecting a tough game. Um, no, Benfica haven't won the uh, Portuguese league for the last four seasons for no reason. They haven't got to the last eight and last 16 uh, for no reason either. So, uh, no, expecting a tough game. Obviously, they haven't got off to such a good start in, in Champions League, but. Um, you know, when Man United turn up, it's, it's going to be a different story and you know, we feel it's, it's going to be a tough game. Uh, Ashley Young there, speaking ahead of Manchester United's trip to Benfica. Uh, Victor Lindelof uh, signed for United from Benfica in the summer. United have won both their games so far. Andy Brassel, how do you see this one going on Wednesday? Benfica are going to have to come out and have a go. Uh, which I think quite suits Manchester United because, um, as Ashley Young was alluding to there, Benfica have not been great domestically um, in, in the last little while. And at the weekend, they won 1-0 at Olienense, uh, third tier in uh, the Taça de Portugal. But they scored early on through Gabriel Barbosa and then nothing much happened for the rest of the game. It was another very unconvincing, incoherent performance. They've lost some big players last summer, but still you'd expect more from the players that were there. And it's a demanding home crowd that they always forced to attack when they play at home and I wonder if this creates a bit of opportunity for the speedier Manchester United players like Henrik Mkhitaryan. Yes certainly the other game uh, in that group on the night is Ceska Moskva against Basel uh, which takes place in the Russian capital other games uh, in the UEFA Champions League Group D Juventus take on Sporting Barca host Olympiacos in Group D notable in Group B Andy Antelect Paris Saint-Germain Bayern Celtic Bayern of course have changed head coach since match day two and largely down to, it was sort of the, the straw that broke the camel's back, if you like, the way that Bayern lost at Paris Saint-Germain. That's right. Carlo Ancelotti left immediately afterwards to be replaced eventually by Jupp Heynckes. And it's his first game in the UEFA Champions League since the 2013 oh, yeah. final at Wembley. So exciting. Yes, certainly is. Any chance Celtic can get something? It's going to be tough, isn't it? It's going to be extremely hard. Bayern were very impressive against Freiburg at the weekend. 5-0 and the joy back on their faces. Yes, certainly. OK, uh, a reminder tonight. Spurs have drawn at Real Madrid in the UEFA Champions League. Let's hear from the Spurs boss, Mauricio Pochettino. 
We had a few chances to, to win the game, but to be honest, they, they had two. Uh, I think Hugo Lloris was fantastic. Two saves, fantastic, but uh, Keron Narva was fantastic too in his, perfor his performance. And, um, but I think so, I am so happy therefore and, and, and in the way that we play um, and keep going because now uh, our objective is to go to the next round. Uh, we have uh, to play in 15 days against Madrid again on Wembley and then uh, to win, uh, try to win next game against Real Madrid on Wembley and, and try to be on the next, on the next stage. Good result for Spurs and Pochettino. Adam Summerton, your man of the match from Real Madrid 1, Spurs 1. Well, I just was generally so impressed by the organisation of Tottenham at the back, so I'll give it to Toby Alderweireld, I would say. OK. Uh, tonight, Manchester City have beaten Napoli 2-1. Richard Connolly, your man of the match. Well, one or two attacking players were excellent, but uh, Edison was excellent too in goal for City with a penalty save. I'll give it to John Stones. He was terrific and made a vital block for Manchester City. OK, and Andy, from the other six games, you've got to pick one player. Not an easy task. RB Leipzig getting their first UEFA Champions League win tonight, and it was all down to Bruma. The Portuguese winger had a stormer. OK, very good. Well done, everyone. Thank you very much. That's all we have time for on UEFA Champions League. Match day live on another thrilling night of action. In our feature match, Spurs fought their way to a well-earned 1-1 draw against the defending European champions in Madrid, Ronaldo and Harry Kane predictably in the thick of the action. In our second match as well, Manchester City overcame Napoli to make it three wins out of three in Group F. Elsewhere, Liverpool scored seven in Slovenia, Spartak scored five in Moscow, and there were also important victories for Leipzig, Shakhtar and Besiktas, while Apwell held Dortmund to a creditable 1-1 draw in Cyprus. Join us again from 1930 CET on Wednesday night for Chelsea, Roma and Benfica against Manchester United. So until then, from Andy Brassel, Richard Connolly, Adam Summerton and myself, Rob Daly, it's goodbye. Sade's ball to Silva. Silva pulls it back. Kyle Walker's in there. Blocked and Sterling scores. And here's De Bruyne into the box. A low ball and it's 2-0. Gabriel Jesus was there. And Kevin De Bruyne setting up yet another goal for Manchester City. A beautifully judged low ball across the edge of the goal area. And there was Gabriel Jesus to side foot it home. Hamshik lays it back to Goulam. Collects it on the run. He's running into the box. He's dribbling. He goes down. And it's a penalty. It's their second of the game. This time, it is the 20-year-old Amadou Diawara who's going to get a chance to pull Napoli within one here. City fans waving their scarves behind the goal. Diawara slots it in beautifully. And Napoli are alive in this game. Winks gets on the ball here inside the Real Madrid half. They look to work it down the right-hand side. Crossing opportunity for Aurier. And Harry Kane gets a touch. And Harry Kane has given Tottenham the lead. Great ball in from the right. And Kane was there to do what he does best. Scores goals, and he does it with great regularity, and it's Real Madrid nil, Tottenham Hotspur 1. Eastcote plays it into a central area here for Modric, Modric to Benzema, lovely play, and Kroos inside the area goes down, is that a penalty? It's been given. Still Ronaldo looks over to the referee, now he gets the signal, he steps up right-footed and scores. It is Real Madrid 1, Tottenham Hotspur 1. You've been listening to UEFA Champions League Matchday Live.